It's the Bear Claw Podcast, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks for joining us each and every episode. Keep smashing the like button on Facebook and YouTube and subscribing and downloading whenever you get your podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. Kid, we got 19 days until the Chicago Bears start the 2023 season 1 and 0. How you feel? I feel good. I feel confident with the thing. We're in a good place right now, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. It's uh it's a good place, not a great place. But you know, I'm not I'm not down. I don't think we're the arrows uh, pointing up. This calls uh, for yeah, the arrows. Yeah, I'm still optimistic. I'm still I, I'm still very, very high on this team. And they, um, we're gonna talk about has moved the uh, over under win total up. As long as as long as that's pointing up, there's there's reason to be out uh very as you said, be an optimist about the season. And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but let's get a quick review of this past weekend's preseason game against the fighting Jim Ursays. The Bears lost uh twenty-four to seventeen, snapping their five game preseason winning streak. Not that that winning streak matters anything matters much. Uh, Bears won every preseason game last season, like I said, last week. And while I do try to forget how many regular season games they won last week, I do know it wasn't all of them. And that's where the corrective focus should be, not what they, not whether they win or lost in the preseason. Um, so let's start right here. Uh, P.J. Walker got the start at quarterback. He played two series. Um, Dante Foreman also got the start at running back. I think he only played one series, though, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Roshan Johnson played pretty much the rest of the first half after that. Uh, his best series was that second drive. Was was the third drive of the game. I'm sorry. Uh, he had a 14-yard carry. What, what, that was his biggest play of the game. And on that same drive, he had another re uh, reception on a screenplay. Bears love these screenplays. I can see that right now. He had a screenplay from uh, the uh, relieving quarterback, Benjet, Benjet, Benjet. What, what's his name? Badget Tyson. Tyson Badget. <laughs> Badget. <laughs> Badget. Badget came in to relieve PJ Walker, and they had that drive ended up uh, ending in a touchdown. RJ finished the game with seven carries for 32 yards. I, like I said, he had 14 yards on one carry, but he looked. The stats don't tell the whole story. He looked very good. He's he's a one one foot in the ground go. He's not playing around in the backfield like a former running back we had, David Montgomery. Um, he's he's just. I like the way he runs the ball. Uh, what are you seeing from him? Um, I see a guy who's physical. He's breaking tackles. Um. Uh, like you said, the stats don't tell the whole story. There's a couple of times he was met in the backfield. Uh, they were just runs that were going nowhere. But he's a guy that has a uh, he has a little burst to him. He's a north south guy, doesn't dance around, no wasted movement. But he's he's a, a, a tackle breaker, and that's what you're going to need in that Soldier Field mud slot in November, December. You're going to need a guy to get north south and share his tackles. So I definitely like what I see from Roshan Johnson. I think as the season continues. He'll continue, he'll he'll get a bigger piece of the offense. Oh, most definitely. I definitely I 
I think we all agree that he, the season is going to end with him as the RB one. Uh, we see, we all see it, and we're not the only ones who see. I think everyone around the league is is seeing that. The Bears got a very good steal when they when he fell to them in the third round. Was it fourth or third round? Um, I believe Roshan was picked in the fourth or fifth. Fourth third or third round, Zach Pickens. That's right. That's yeah, right, that's right. You know, running backs are undervalued. So. Great steal. Great steal. I'll take it. Um, moving on. Outside of that, we're going into the second half. Nathan Peterman, the third quarterback for the Bears to play in this game. He started the second half and played the entire second half. Uh, I'm not going to even cap. He looked good out there. He had some plays. <laughs> that that TD he threw off the boot oh. action? <laughs> To Darian <laughs> Fontaine, yeah. yeah. That took some arm strength, some accuracy. That was a hell of a throw. A lot of torque in the hip to get that out, ball It off. was just out of reach of that defender, too. Like, that was a, that was a hell of a throw. Man, talk about perfect ball placement, Pauls. <laughs> that, I'm not, you know, I've been, I've been you know, uh, I've been riding, you know, it's another pause. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I haven't been his biggest fan. I don't, I don't think. You, I don't think, <laughs> as as he should, I, no one should be a Peterman fan other than his, some family. No one should be a Peterman <laughs> fan of what he's done in the NFL. However, against these Indianapolis Colts on Saturday, he he showed his tukus. He was out there balling. I'm not gonna. I'm not even going to try to slam him. <laughs> and, and you know what? You know what the worst thing about that is? Well, the, the matter of perspective, maybe the worst or the best. He looked a lot better than PJ. PJ, who started the game. PJ only played two drives, and you know, Peter, like I said, Peterman played the entire second half. But PJ didn't do jack in those two in those two I'm drives. Yeah, I think I'm definitely, I'm definitely worried. It, you know, and segue right into it. What do you think about this QB room? As as we as we two preseason games in, we're about two weeks away from the end of camp. What do you think about the QB room right now? Because right now, as you saw, we had three quarterbacks playing this game, Justin in play. So that's four QBs right there. And it's, and if you look at it, if you just graded by that, Nathan Peterman's playing in the second half of this this preseason game. That that assumes he's the fourth on the uh, fourth on depth chart. So I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna just you know reiterate my question. What do you think about this QB room, and who do you see being the odd man out? I'm rooting for PJ. I, I, I really am. And I've cautioned about overreacting to what we see in preseason. You know, preseason, it's just a small microcosm of what actually has occurred between mini camp, OTAs, training camp, scrimmages against other teams. Um, but I haven't heard great things from PJ. I've heard great things from Tyson. I'm not going to butcher his last name. We're just going to call him Tyson until we get more from you. So I've heard lots of good things about Tyson. He had a stellar uh, career at uh, D2 nonetheless, but a stellar career. Though. I mean, those numbers can't be denied. Um, he's looked good. He's, I heard he looked really good in a cold scrimmage. Um, and then he looked really good in the game. He looked good last week in, in, in small mop-up duty. Peterman has actually looked pretty good in two games. P.J. Walker has been the most concerning. As a veteran, he just hasn't ran the offense well. Most concerning is the ball placement. I know he got – he was the victim of Equamian St. 
Brown. And Aquamia St. Brown is going to victimize a lot of quarterbacks who drop, drop passes. He's going to do that to you. But I cannot excuse P.J. Walker's um, uh, uh, ball placement and accuracies, uh, looking skittish in the pocket. Those are all things that concern me. There was one time where he got flushed out the pocket and didn't know if he, he wasn't decisive whether he wanted to run or pass and was, and was sacked. Uh, Tyson came in and was decisive. Like, uh, as soon as that foot planted on three-step drops, he knew where he wanted to go. Five-step drops, the same thing. He knows where he wants to go. And that's been a theme in the preseason games. Um, if I'm being a neutral observer and didn't know anything about their contract situations, draft statuses, or the names on the back of the jerseys, I would just say PJ's the odd man out. Now, that's not what I'm projecting. I think it's going to be Peterman, but based on what we've seen, I think PJ, uh, he, 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 he's been the least impressive quarterback out of the, out of the entire room. Yeah, not, you know, we're not going to wave the flags for anybody. We, you know, uh, you wear, you wear Navy and orange. We're roll, we rolling with you. Everybody, everybody gets, gets the same, I guess, level of applause. We are going, we going to cape up for anybody in the Jersey. Right. But I'm a, so, I am rooting for PJ, just like you said. PJ, you know, he's been a fan favorite ever since you know he stepped on he stepped on the scene in the XFL. Um, his he has a lot of similarities to Justin Fields in their in their games. You can't even though you can't tell when you're watching him out there this preseason. So <laughs> the the land is there for him to make the team, but come on, bro, you got to give us something to work with. We got something. You got to give now, us something. I will, I will I will state this. He was sacked twice. I think that was in the first draft, first drive of this past game. Cause you know, we one of those sacks is on him though. Yeah, when he when one he left the pocket, they talking him. about that that second one. That second sack yeah, when he left yeah. the pocket and you know didn't get yeah, rid of the ball. Yeah, that's on him. That was on him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You gotta get rid of the ball in that situation. Um okay. So after that. The Bears eventually gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter. Some turnover, some turnovers were in there, you know, somewhere. I'm not sure who who did what because I'm not even gonna hold you. By that time in the game, I'm not even paying that much attention to it. I was playing uh, enough to go and there was, a, there was a bunch of guys that we'll never see again. <laughs> it was at that point. <laughs> I, 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 I checked out midway through the third quarter. Yeah, man. I, That's I, what I, I, I held on to the end. I got a recorder, so I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. But I checked out at the end of the third quarter. You are a somewhere around like Travis it. Homer running around the football. <laughs> Something about <laughs> Travis Homer running around with the football. <laughs> Man, I, you a football life because I, you know, I wouldn't make a watch it. I mean, just being me, I'm just being real with you. I mean, I, I recorded it in good faith. But going back and watching it, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I know who won. I know who wasn't out there playing. Man, look, I tried. I tried. I had the game playing on the background, but you know, my my attention, I was texting, playing Monopoly, going on my phone. I don't, you know, I, I you know, I can, I, I'll, I'll read, I'll read the, uh, you know, the box score. I can, see, I, I see what happened. I don't know about going back and watching it though. I feel it's um, disrespectful for me not to see Jalen Jones' final days and most important snaps as a bear. He comes around every year in camp, so I can at least do him a favor and watch him, you know? Man, hey. I hear you, man. Do your thing. 
Um, a couple other stuff, you know, Tyreek Stevenson, he, you know, he was out there. I was surprised to see him even playing. I think Tyreek Stevenson got a great shot of, you know, being a starter or being a starter light on the defense when, uh, when the season rolls around. So I was surprised to see him out there. He had a um, second straight game with a near interception. So, I mean, he's in the right place, but he ain't making the play, you know, six in one hand, half dozen the other. Um, he had a flag for unnecessary roughness. And I think that was on third and 10. Again. Yeah. He's got to rain that in. Yeah, he's definitely got to, you know, figure it out. But, again, like I said, I expect him to actually be, you know, getting a lot of starter snaps as the season come around. So, again, surprised to even see him out there. Um, so, even Flus did say that uh, that cornerback battle is still ongoing. So, the other kid from Minnesota, Terrell Smith, he got the mm-hmm. start on the opposite side of him. And so, I, I guess it's still a battle. They, they still they still like Smith. I told you all after the ground, they really like him. He's got some great intangibles. He's, he's a kid that's mm-hmm. 6'1", 200 pounds, physical, runs a 4'4". He's got all the physical tools. He just wasn't consistent in his college career until the final year. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't give that job to Tyreek just yet. I wouldn't be totally surprised if Terrell Smith um, ended up as, as a starter. Uh, well, every team goes to three DBs now, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was third corner. Yeah, I, I, that's about where I see it. Um, all right, so that, that's about what we saw in the game. What do you have as the best bright spot after this game, moving forward? What did you see in this game that you was like, okay, that's a good positive. I'm going to take that. Um, You got to love what Tyson did. Uh, just because we're not used to seeing young quarterbacks come here and look good at any point. So um, to see a young quarterback look good and look confident, that was the thing that I liked about Tyson, having commanded a huddle, being decisive. Um, you got to get excited about Roshan Johnson and uh, his running the ball. And Zach Pickens had another good performance. And we definitely need a guy to emerge as a pass rusher for the interior. So those are three things that I saw that I really liked. I like I liked the Pickens kid and what he's doing, getting pressures, looking aware, uh, there was a screen pass where uh, you see defensive linemen get sucked into the screen all the time where they just chase the quarterback and he loves them in and throws the ball right over their head. I mean, we've seen it from, from, from Bears defenses. It's like turn around stupid and stop. And Zach Pickens stopped uh, rushing the quarterback and turned around and made a play on the running back. That was very refreshing to see that we had somebody show some field IQ, some awareness out there. So – I got to give a second straight week. I got to give a uh, praise to um, Pickens. Yeah. He, that, that's one of my, that's had to, I had him listed as one of the best things that I saw from the game. So since you already said that, I'm going to just go ahead and say this. The Bears run offense. They had 134 yards on 30, on 30 carries, which is, you know, quick math, four and a half per pop. So it's, it's refreshing to see that the Bears are still, you know, more than adequate at moving the, moving the chains on the ground. I like that. Uh, let's move forward to the to the low light. What what's the most glaring, concerning thing coming out of that game? Um, I gotta say the play of the backup quarterback because right now PJ Walker they gave him a two year contract. 
Um, they're going to give him every chance to succeed or every chance to fail. And we know Justin is a guy who runs the ball. We know he's going to take some hits. We know he's a guy who will stay in the pocket and will show courage in the face of a pass rush as he looks downfield. Um, you don't want anything to happen to Justin, but it's 17 games in the NFL. The likelihood of a quarterback playing on 17, you know, 50-50. So um, you don't want to have a critical game come up and Justin have to miss a couple games. And the back of quarterback, you're pretty much punting those games. So the most mm-hmm. concerning thing I saw was um, was P.J. Walker. I, I would say the defense giving up two late touchdowns, but honestly, the guys that were running around at that point aren't even – that's going to be practice squad guys, so I'm not concerned about the lead being blown. I would say the play of the back of quarterback. That was, that was my most concerning thing and the injury to the offensive line. That was also on my list, you know, P.J. Walker, you know, looking like poo – out there. Um, Looking like a so, works Grossman. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Every time, you know, bringing up Rex Grossman's name when we play the Colts, it's just, it's, 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 it has to happen. Yeah. Henry Burris is a good callback. That's a deep, that's a deep yeah. pull. <laughs> um, but since you already brought up. sitting in front of the TV and rooting for that guy and just being very disturbed at what I was saying. And that PJ gave me flashbacks to Henry. Ooh, we don't need flashbacks of uh, four win Bears teams. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. Um, but since you already brought up PJ, I'm going to go. I'm going to do a callback to something we talked about in the last episode. Rasheem Green. That's 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 what I'm going to highlight right now. Uh, we posited an episode ago about the, the, the great play coming from our third and fourth stringers, uh, Trevor Lewis and yeah. uh, Gibson. So, mm-hmm. we and, and, you know, we wonder, like, hey, so what's going to happen moving forward? Uh, is, is, is Do we have a battle coming up for backups? Machine surprised. Green, so far, he's done jack in the games. Um, they, now, to, 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 to be, to be fair – Exactly. And, and, you know, to be fair, they said they've been they, they look good, you know, in camp. They look good in practice. But when the lights are on, I'm seeing Lewis and Gibson get down and get busy. Lewis was, and Green. Yeah. Green is you no, know, he's got he had an offside this game. He didn't get any pressure that, that I noticed. Um, hey, that that's that's, the, you know. Now I don't want to call it a low light because we you know his backups, the guys behind him on the depth chart, they are they are performing. And it, as you brought up the last episode, Lewis, he's got a pedigree. He was a second round draft pick. You know, we end up keeping him and you know yeah. shipping somebody else off. You know, that's a steal. That's a win. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's pretty much what I take from. Like, okay, Green is a, uh, and again, it's a preseason. You don't want to hype up stuff too far too far. Um, because a lot of stuff could be situational, but Lewis and Gibson are playing, and Green and Walker aren't. They just put it like that. So, all right. So coming out of that, that's the last thing I wanted to get into with this game. So uh, let's take an ad break real fast, and we'll come back to some more Bears notes. And we're back, Bear Claw Podcast. All right, let's dive into some news separating this team. 
separated the game and, you know, all about this team. The biggest thing that happened this week, Tevin Jenkins. He was last seen at practice on Thursday. And then on Friday, news came out that he has a calf strain, and not just one, but both calves. He's got a strand in him. And they're right now saying he's going to miss the first month of the season, if not more. Um, lately, and this goes cro- across sports, lately a calf strain is, you know, shorthand for might be the Achilles issue. So first question I got, how worried are you about this, this particular injury? Very very worried because uh, Tevin's a guy that just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He, when we've seen him on the mm. field, he's he's a road grader. He moves people. Um, run block is very effective, and he's nasty. Um, he's exactly what you want as a Chicago Bear. Uh, a big, physical, nasty offensive lineman. But your best ability is your availability. And having lower leg injuries this early, I mean, he's had back injuries, lower leg injuries. I mean, these are things that that don't that long term are, are problematic. How, how do you strain both calves? What are you, what were you doing? Uh, <laughs> so it's 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 definitely it's it's definitely concerning. And then missing the whole month, I don't want to see um, great guy, but I don't want to see Lucas Patrick out there with regular refs and. I heard that uh, he was spotted taking first team reps at center and guard, and uh, I don't want him in either. I don't, I'd rather see Jatar Carter out there. I'll do something new. This, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Lucas. I'm glad you brought up Lucas. Let's segue because the Tevin Jenkins injury just adds to a you know our piling of woes on that all O line. Devin Jenkins asked the Nate Davis already. He, he's been out all camp. Lucas Patrick had a hand, got, got some sort of hand issue. And then there's Cody Whitehair as well. Um, and now today, as we're recording this on August 22nd, Darnell Wright left practice early with some sort of medical issue. Wow. Coach Eberflus didn't, he, now, 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 Coach Eberflus didn't go into specifics about what the problem was, but it's just another headache for this group. And, you know, what? Ten days ago, we was thinking about this group might be, you know, the, you know, um, yeah, we was thinking that was might be strong. And I, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know where we go from here. It's like everybody's hurt now. It's depressing. Hopefully, none of those latter guys is serious. I, Nate Davis is on his way back. You know, he's he's ramping up. So we need that. Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, just you know, don't. Don't 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 mess up. But we definitely cannot have a, a serious, you know, backstep from Darnell Wright. At that point, we are in danger of making me look real stupid with those countdowns and do it every early. Larry, Larry Barr territory is is crazy and frightening. Yeah. I hope you're not watching the show, Larry, but uh, <laughs> again, I think you're a great guy. But I just don't want to see you out there opening game until it's the fourth quarter with three touchdowns or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> oh, man. But thank God our quarterback I'm seeing, is running. I'm seeing yeah. this movie, and it usually ends up with the quarterback being hit or flushed from the pocket, and Larry's in there. So, uh, yeah, no, he's going to be doing a lot of running. Uh, we we talked earlier whether Justin Fields have enough time throughout the season. You put on Larry Borman, Lewis Patrick in there, and he would definitely he would definitely be leading the team in rushing yards again. 
<laughs> Listen, man. I, if, I hope Justin stretches and got his hamstrings all <laughs> all, all loose because we he he might have to get loose <laughs> down the sideline a few times in the first month of the season. Oh man! Speaking of Justin, speaking of Justin, he's been getting a lot of buzz from the NFL community all offseason, and rightfully so. He ended the season last year lighting the world on fire. Um, he's got favorable MVP odds. He made the top 100 on NFL Network's annual offseason list. And he's the reason the Bears are getting a lot of preseason hype, a lot of pre- playoff hype. Excuse me. I got I, I got people telling me on this network that the Bears are going to win the division. Pump your brakes. I ain't going that far. But Justin Fields is the nucleus of uh, all of that hype. And um, this week's topic, Justin is a poor man's Jalen Hurts. Take a listen. Justin Fields, I'm disrespected for you. 100%. Don't let nobody call you a poor man's Jalen Hurts. Not when you know yourself. Physically, you have just as much talent, if not more individual talent, Mm -hmm. than Jalen Hurts. You can't be a Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is great. All pro. Hard to do. But poor man's? Y'all got to fix your lips when you're talking about Justin Fields. Go ahead, Shady. I want to hear what you guys say. I I agree with you guys. I have a problem with it also. Okay. Good. You should. I got a problem with why are you even saying his name with Jalen Hurts? Why are you putting him in the same category? You can't compare these guys. Seriously, though. And another thing I have with you. I know you made up this block. All right. So I've got some thoughts on this. Uh, I'm going to let you kick it off because I know we've talked about this, you know, before we started recording. And I'm going to let you get off. Wow, um, I'm with James Jones and Sam on that. That is incredibly disrespectful to call a guy who was a high first round pick a poor man, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I love Jalen Hurts, I do. Um, however, if we're talking about arm talent and ability, I mean, this is not me being a Bears homer, Justin Fields is, is, is the better quarterback prospect to me. I mean, to, to most people. Of course, Jalen has the accomplishments on his side, but he also has the benefit of organizational stability. Uh, maybe the best offensive line in football. Uh, a very good receiving court. So the Eagles have invested everywhere in support of, of Jalen Hurts. Even though he lost Miles Sanders, who was a high pick, a second-round pick. You go and uh, sign Rashard Penny, who was a former first-round pick. And you're going to get Swift, who is also a first-round pick. They've done everything possible to make Jalen Hurts' job easy. And on the other hand, Fields absolutely had a horrible hand dealt with him, dealt to him, coming in in the middle of the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy shit show, um, and uh, dealing with the ending of that regime, and then coming into a regime that was stripping this to the nuts and bolts. So um, I think uh, Shady, uh, LaShawn McCoy, I don't know if he's trying to be the new Skip Bayless where he makes uh, outlandish statements, but uh, and, but, and him in the NFC, I think, I think that's crazy. That is very disrespectful to Justin Fields to call him a poor man, Jalen Hurts. I was going to go right there. I Shady, he does this TV thing really well. <laughs> he's got a talent for this. He will. He's not just he, a talented yeah. running back. I see where he's going. He, I see where he's going. He was yeah, a shifty he, he, running back, 
and he's a shifty guy on, on in that in that booth. He's very shifty there too. Hey, hey, man, you got to be provocative. You got to be provocative to get the big bucks. <laughs> hey, it, hey, the the TV guys make more money than NFL running backs. So hey, he he sees what he's he he he's, yeah. he understands the game. He understands. He knows what he's doing. Light up that yeah. bag, shady. But I'm gonna have to stop you where you where, where you stand. That was. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna stand for Justin Fields' disrespect, especially when it's eighty percent false and without intelligent backing and not credible. Oh, no, I, I see what he's doing. Now, with that out the way, calling Jalen, calling Justin Fields a poor man's Jalen Hurts, um, I feel like that needs con- uh, a contextual um, breakdown. Now, saying now saying he's not as accomplished as Jalen Hurts, but you see the similarity all the way. Perfect. Yes, yes, yes. If that's what you mean by that, of course. Obviously, Jalen Hurts was a... Runner-up MVP. He took his team to the took his team to the Super Bowl. They had a Super Bowl lead, and he was the best player on that team. Yeah, I yeah. get that. However, like you said, Justin Fields was the better prospect in college. The first a first round pick in the NFL draft. He's got all all measurables that they that they took. You know, leading into the draft, Justin Fields is rated a lot higher than uh, than Jalen. So, if you're putting if you're comparing their their body of work. As you know, Jalen Hurts being here and Justin being below that, I get what you're saying. But if you're comparing their actual bodies, their talent, then you are way off, way off, way off, way off. In fact, any criticism that Justin Fields has as of right now, any like uh, question marks you have about his arm talent, his uh, ability to you know lead his team from the pocket, those were the same things people were saying about Jalen before he got the you know the uh, the monsters and the dream team put on it put on his offensive whittle. And like as you pointed out, he's got the best offensive line. He's got AJ Brown. He's got first round pick at the first round pick at the first round pick. Everywhere, every everyone around him is is you know a top talent. So anybody giving Justin Fields, you know critique about uh where he is at, you know in relation to Jalen remember where Jalen came from first like let, let's be real let's be real here let, let, I think Jalen let still just... has some things to prove as a passer I mean great season all credit to Jalen but at the end of the day he didn't light it up from the pocket or as a passer so I think there's still things he has to prove um, despite the great team success, I, I give Jalen his flowers. But that, that was a very – the Eagles roster is maybe the most talented roster in the league. Certainly it's up there. Them and the 49ers are heads and shoulders above everybody else in the NFC in terms of top-to-bottom roster talent. So that has to be acknowledged too. I mean, if you're going to credit – well, Shady was trying to credit Jalen Hurts for being a winner in leading that team. I mean, Brock Purdy took his team to the NFC Championship. We don't know what Brock Purdy is. I mean, the Niners had a combination of three quarterbacks start last year. Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy. So I still think, even though you need the quarterback stability to be a great team, when you have a roster like the 49ers and Eagles, you need more of a game manager. So uh, there's still a lot to be proven from Jalen Hurts as well. Yeah. I mean, let's not... Again, um, this is no disrespect to Jalen, no disrespect to Justin, anybody like that. You know, I'm definitely a stand for both of them. But let's not let's not move goalposts. Okay, 
let's not let's let's not make um let's not make J- Jalen you know some some figure that Justin can't can't catch up to or you know the the season that Jalen had last year Justin can't re- recreate that same season maybe not this year but you know a season down the line maybe the season after next I can see it I don't know why anybody Shady included would think that. That that is that is not that is not possible. I mean, Jalen just yeah, stat wise, Jalen yeah, stat wise, Jalen didn't do anything that's beyond the realm. Of, it's not like he had a Pat Mahomes year and threw forty eight touchdowns. He threw twenty two touchdowns. Justin threw seventeen. With guys like Aquinius Brown, as in Dante Pettis out there as his main target. So uh, Jalen threw for thirty seven hundred yards. I don't remember offhand what Justin threw for twenty four hundred. Uh, he missed a couple games. I, I think. It's not crazy to think Just can throw five more touchdowns with a much improved receiver core and another year in a, a new offense, and also throw for uh, a thousand some odd more yards. I don't think that's crazy for him to achieve intensity with Jalen. Then what might be what, what what would be most difficult for Justin to replicate is the success that Jalen had um, as a winner, but that's somewhat due to talent around him. All the way, all the way true. All right, let's move on. Um, last thing I want to get to for this episode, let's get into some wider NFL news as it relates to the Bears. The Bears are being linked to Jonathan Taylor. A lot of a lot of writers, columnists, even pundits are positing that this would be one of the best landing spots for Jonathan yeah, Jonathan Taylor, who was a disgruntled running back, star running back mind you, for those same Indianapolis Colts that we just lost to and had joint practices with last week. Um, I think it was yesterday the team said that he can seek a trade now. Are you for or against the Bears acquiring him? Well, I'm never against acquiring proven elite talent for your team. I don't think anybody else should. Um, what's uh, what I, I, I would, what is my expectation with acquiring Jonathan Taylor is the coach don't want to pay him like a top running back, but they want conversation from him like he's a top player. Um, I'm not big on giving up draft capital for Jonathan Taylor. We didn't have a problem running the football last year. So um, I'm kind of torn on that. I, I, I guess if it was a favorable deal, um, sure. I don't want to give up future assets for a running back that we still have to sign to a contract. So um, I, I, I wouldn't make much of the Jonathan Taylor rumors. I wouldn't make any more of it than the Saquon Barkley rumors in the offseason. I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't think Justin Taylor, I don't know, Jonathan Taylor will be a Colt week one, but I don't think he'll be a bear either. I agree with everything you said. It is a dereliction of duty if you don't at least kick the tires on it. Um, he's because he's a great talent, you know, hard stop. There's no nothing else you can have to say about it. However, a first round pick is a non-starter, non-starter. Maybe a second round pick, a future second round pick. Let's talk about that. We can start doing that because CMC, he went for second round plus some. So I think that's the market. Um, and you know what? While we're on the topic. I want to give out my first cut the crap award. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Jim Irsay. 
<laughs> Yo, but buddy, what? Who do you think you are? Who are you fooling? Asking for a first round pick for running back. What universe are you living at? Are you are you are you are you on that stuff again? Are you on that stuff again? Um, why why even make the phone call to tell Jonathan Taylor and his people that they can seek a trade if you have no plans to trade him at all? Because no one's giving you a first round pick, bro. No one's gonna give you a first round uh. pick. Furthermore, furthermore, you got a lot of audacity. To not want to pay your running back um, top of the market value, but to ask for value that's above market value in return for a trade, you got a you have got some nerve. He's clearly Sir, still drunk. He he is way more above the legal limit. <laughs> Sir, cut the crap. I want his dealer this Friday. Send me the info on your dealer by this Friday. <laughs> Please tip. He needs to tip his dealer because uh, that, that's that's crazy. What's going on in Indianapolis? Um, I feel for the young kid Anthony Richardson. <laughs> He's an incredible talent, but Jamerson is out of his damn mind. And now we know why Andrew Luck ran the hell up out of there. quite so crazy. No, no, Andrew Luck is actually looking like smart when he was like, man, I saved my brain, I saved my body. <laughs> but look, yeah. thanks again for hanging with us here at the Bear Claw Pod. The, from me and from me and Q, the Bear Claw crew. We appreciate appreciate you coming to hang with us. Um we're a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please continue to support. And if you like what you hear. Share us with a friend. Press that, press that like button on the uh, on the YouTube channel and on our Facebook. Uh, like I said, share with a friend on our audio side, on our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Double points if that friend you share you choose to share this with is a Packer fan. And until next time, bear down. Episode 24 of the Sound of the Bears podcast. Thanks for joining us.